In the introduction to her book, The Book of Common Courage, Prayers and Poems to Find Strength in Small Moments, K.J. Ramsey says this, I titled this book, The Book of Common Courage, because courage is something we hold in common. Courage is not the possession of the bravest or biggest, but the choice to move toward the heart when the mind and body are separated by fear. Courage is the choice to move our fear into communion. When we don't have words, we need a witness. We need withness. Is it possible to be courageous and fearful at the same time? And what does it look like to start with being a compassionate witness to your own pain? Keep listening as KJ Ramsey joins me for this conversation. I'm Amy Fritz, and you are listening to the Untangled Faith Podcast, a podcast for anyone who has found themselves confused or disillusioned in their faith journey. If you want to hold on to your faith while untangling it from all that is not good or true, this is the place for you. Hey friends, before we dive into today's conversation, I want to remind you that on Sunday, February 5th at 8 p.m. Central, I'll be kicking off a book club for my Patreon members who support the show at a $7 a month level or more. Our first book is The Way of the Dragon or The Way of the Lamb by Jamin Goggin and Kyle Strobel. It changed my life when I read it, and I know you will love it too. To sign up and for more information, go to patreon.com slash untangledfaith. That's patreon.com slash untangledfaith. I will leave a link in the show notes. I'm thrilled to welcome author KJ Ramsey back to the Untangled Faith podcast. KJ and her husband Ryan are huge fan favorites around here. For this conversation, KJ and I talk about what it was like to launch her book, The Lord is My Courage, and then we dive into talking about her brand new book that she wrote in secret, which just released last week. Here's our conversation. Let's jump into this. I was really excited when I got an email saying, hey, KJ needs to be on your podcast again. But before we talk about this new project that I'm really excited about, tell me what surprised you the most about your book that you just released. I feel both deeply encouraged and really sad at the Mm. same time that it's resonated with so many people. Yeah. Uh, Like I knew there were so many of us who have been harmed in faith systems. Yeah. But now I know like how many people have experienced things like you and I have. In an early episode where I interviewed Scott McKnight and Laura Beringer, probably over a year ago, for sure. Um, I remember Dr. McKnight telling me that he had changed his mind about a book that he had been planning to write. Once he realized people were going to be sending him messages, talking to him about that topic. I thought about this as I was talking to KJ about her books that she had written covering some really heavy topics. And now you've become a person that wrote the book that everyone messages you about. How do you feel about that? Thankfully, a couple of years ago, <laughs> I stopped doing like direct messages on social media um, unless I'm like following people back because I quickly was realizing like, I just, I love people's stories, but mm-hmm. I can't take it all in. It's heavy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel the, I feel my limitations um, very quickly of like, I just can't, I cannot hear all the stories, even though all the stories are worthy of being heard. Mm -hmm. So I think in some ways, some of my like earlier 
inclinations to set up boundaries have protected me from being totally burnt out. <laughs> yeah, before this book and, came out, you already yeah. were you already had these things in place. I do appreciate that like in the different spaces where I write, people feel free to share like snippets of their story, like mm-hmm. in comments, things like that. I think there's just a lot of solidarity there. And I love watching people like encourage each other, even like in an Instagram comment. Yes. When somebody else can comment, I, that is a wonderful uh, observation because you are seeing that you don't need to be the one to do all the heavy lifting and all the encouraging because there's a whole community of people that are saying, yes, sister, yes, brother, I have been there with you. I am feeling it with you. That wasn't okay. Or that was really brave of you. Yeah. And your, your boundaries are are then a gift to everyone involved. Cause thank you for putting it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, inevitably, if you try to do it all, you're going to hurt somebody and inadvertently, you don't want to, but you only have so much time and ability. So to actually have that communicated upfront, people aren't thinking that their relationship to you is something different than what it really is. It's actually a way it's about loving my readers well, because if I, if I were to overextend myself by like replying to every single thing, mm-hmm. I wouldn't actually have the energy to write any more books. Like yeah. I, and I wouldn't have the energy to show up for my clients in therapy. And so I, I like have to limit myself so that I can show up in the ways that are actually going to bring more comfort long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but something I'm thinking about my friend, um, Suzanne Stabile has like not pressured me. That sounds bad. (laughs) She has challenged me. She has been like, Hey, AJ, I want you to think about how, how can you keep creating ways for your community to care for each other, for them to not just feel cared for by you, but to like get to go further and connect to each other. And I'm still trying to figure out what does that look like, but this is what it's about. It's like, I want to set the table where we can have a conversation but where everybody at that table can start to like care for each other and hear yeah. each other. Um, and so I just kind of view the writing as like, a, it's setting a table yeah, um, where people can start to connect to each other. Hopefully there will be like more ways to. Suzanne's to is so wonderful. Did you just so listen to our conversation lady. with Emily P. Freeman? That was, I feel like I just got yeah. free therapy and Suzanne is just so wise and thoughtful. And she you know, is. every answer she gives is just I just wanted to take notes. I know it's not a flippant answer. She's just, you can, I can tell that she's living, listening to the spirit. Um, I'm grateful that she, you know, challenges me to be like, Hey, (laughs) you cannot, you can't, you can't be the comforter. How can we sustain? (laughs) Yes. How can we sustain this? Um, So I don't know what it was. A few months ago, you teased a little thing on your Instagram and said, I've been keeping a little secret from you. I have something coming. And I was like, I, I do the thing. I always, I always spoil myself. There's a way to know uh-huh. these things. It's not very, there it's is, not a yes. secret. Tell us, tell us about the new project. Yeah. So I wrote a book in secret um, <laughs> called the book of common courage, prayers and poems to find strength in small moments. And it is like my way of praying through hard moments. Mm. Um, I wrote it while writing The Lord is My Courage and in the months after writing that. As I started off just like writing to process my own story, 
and to process the story of like trying to tell a really hard story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and trying to like find my way back into conversation with this God that I'm learning to trust again. And I'm really glad I wrote in secret because I, I needed to learn like how to trust that I can write poetry um, for myself before like, yeah, yeah. needing readers to affirm that, that it's good enough to read and all of that, like insecurity stuff. I needed to really like work out my insecurity with God and my mm-hmm. editor for a while first privately, but it, I, I love it. It's, um, it's a, it's a whole like full color book of pictures and prayers and poems that like the pictures are from my ordinary life of just like my dogs are in some of the pictures, like mountains and wildflowers, just stuff like of hikes that I go on that these are the ordinary moments where I'm trying to practice courage and -hmm. like wake up and say yes to my life. Um, And then all of the prayers in every chapter are collects, which is a short form of prayer that I've come to find extremely comforting Mm -hmm. as like a, a small brief container that gives us space to feel held and heard by God. Um, and my my hope is that these are words that give people a way to pray, even when they feel maybe speechless themselves. Yeah. Um, so what is common courage? I mean, that's the question, right? Do you have a title of a book? The title of the book is Common Courage. Courage doesn't feel common to me. So tell me about what is mm-hmm. what is common courage? What does it look like? In part, I titled it the Book of Common Courage because I'm playing off of the Book of Common Prayer, mm-hmm. which is one of the places where I found a lot of <clears throat> rest and comfort after leaving our spiritually abusive church. It was like in the collects of the Book of Common Prayer that I kind of like came to have words and even came to be able to read the scriptures again, mm-hmm. like the the daily office, the lectionary that's in the Book of Common Prayer gave me like short things to read instead of having to choose like for myself. Yeah. When, when we've experienced trauma, small decisions like what to read um, can be very difficult. And then you just don't do it at all because yeah. it's easier to not do it than to choose. <laughs> so I found courage in this ancient book this ancient book of prayers and, and scripture. And while I was writing the Lord is my courage and realizing like courage is a practice. Courage is, it's not something we just have or don't have. It's something that we can cultivate. I was coming to experience in my own prayer life and in my own, like coming back to the scriptures, coming home to the scriptures, that courage is also something that we hold in common. Mm -hmm. Like I was experiencing more courage in my life because of getting to draw from these, whoever wrote these ancient prayers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) these collects in the book of common prayer, like Thomas Cramner, um, that was cultivating courage within me. So like some Christian who prayed hundreds of years ago, Their words gave me the courage to pray today. And I realized that courage isn't this extraordinary act of bravery. It's the way that we allow ourselves to be strengthened Mm -hmm. by those who 
have come before us and come around us mm. so that we can say yes to the life that we're in today. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, my hope is that the book like gives people that ability, that space to draw strength from someone else's strength when they don't feel like they have enough because yeah. we don't have to summon it on our own. Now for a quick break. The beginning of a new year often gives us a chance to take personal inventory. That's exactly what I did last year when I decided I needed to find a counselor. It has been one of the best decisions I have ever made. If you've been considering it for yourself, Faithful Counseling makes it so easy to get started. You can start the process without even picking up the phone to talk to someone. The Untangled Faith Podcast is brought to you by my listeners who support me on Patreon. It is also brought to you by Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a Christian counseling service with more than 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states with access by video or phone sessions or chat or text. They are therapists with expertise in trauma, depression, family conflicts, and more. You can ask for a new counselor at any time, and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Untangled Faith podcast listeners get 10% off their first month from our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Just go to faithfulcounseling.com slash untangled. Fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a counselor. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash untangled. Now back to the show. And I love that, that the word common isn't just about ordinary. It's about community and mm-hmm. that courage is oftentimes borrowed. And, you know, it comes from somebody else extending their hand. Um, talk to me about the courage or like, as you were writing, I saw you write on Instagram not long ago about the courage to tell your story. And I wrote down a quote from it. You said courage is needed for telling the truth. And you said, before we find safety in the presence of people who believe our pain, we lose the security we thought we had, you know, that idea of telling and it's somebody else that believed the story. It wasn't the people that you thought. But tell me about that as you were thinking and writing that. Yeah, it. I think the paradox of telling the truth about what we've experienced is that it it will free us, but first it really hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people prefer stories that allow them to stay unchanged. Yeah comfortable and yeah to stay comfortable and when we tell the truth about what we've lived particularly when we have experienced harm people will not like what they have to hear because it requires change you mm-hmm. either dismiss the story or you have to change i i always want people to know like in so much that i think telling the truth about being abused or experiencing trauma um is going to liberate us and like create better communities for the long run. I I never want to downplay or minimize the cost. Yeah, yeah. That happens in truth telling. Like before we gain real belonging where we're believed, yeah. We lose the semblance of belonging we thought we had with the people who do not want to change so that we can flourish and they can too. And that's a real loss. You yeah. know it. Yeah. You've lost so much. It's so real. Um and I just I never want to minimize the loss that comes before mm-hmm. we are enlarged into 
more yeah. authentic and liberating community. Yeah, I resonate with that. I remember I made a list of people. I don't know if you have ever done this. Mm-hmm. Nathan's getting ready to leave his job probably. And I was like, who might we lose if we leave and talk about it? And it was a yeah. it was quite a long list. And you just don't know. You do not know you when don't. you make the list. And when you make the leap, what will happen? And we did, we did lose some of those, but you're right. You do count the cost. And then I sort of walked around literally and figuratively. I mean, I, I kept my list, kept my list of res- my rescue list of like people. I just wanted God to rescue whether, you know, I didn't know what it looked like for God to rescue, you know, our friends, um, whether it be a get a new job or just to understand truth, what it was like, I would walk around <laughs> with my journal and be like, I'm just going to pray for my rescue list. And I didn't, and the way God worked, it kept my eyes open to people yeah. and what was happening in their lives in a really interesting way. Cause I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. You know, I can't make people uh, want to believe my story or have it make a difference in their life. But it was a really interesting spiritual practice of writing the names down and praying over them. And then Sometimes, oftentimes moving them over into that column that says rescued. That's stunning. I, I it was, that. it was absolutely stunning. And then the people that end up coming around you that you are surprised by that do give you courage that you're like, I didn't, I didn't think you would ever be sitting here with me because of maybe things that I had done in the past. Like I didn't believe someone's story before me. and. Mm-hmm. Those people in their just gracious, open-hearted way say, I understand. I get it. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's, the, it's those surprising ways. Like you said, some people won't. Some people don't want to hear and they will fall away. And it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. But there's always something surprising that is around the corner. And, you know, I don't yeah. know that I would choose it if I'd known even, I, you know, we could say, well, if I knew I, I would just skip ahead to the end knowing God would have done the thing. Well, we like comfort. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it'd be nice do. if it could all have worked out without having to do all the things. What would you say to the person that's like, KJ, I don't, I don't have courage. I don't know what this is. What does courage require of me? And I don't know if I have anything to give. I would probably say, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Um, yeah. Lately, um, it has been hard to say yes to my life. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean that like that can sound even that can sound like a cliche. It's been really hard to say yes to my actual life. I I would love if I could say like you walk this path and the hard things stop happening. But that is not my story. I have to keep finding a way to say yes. And so I think what I'd say to that person is like, I hear you and it is so hard to say yes to your life. But what is your alternative? Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you don't look at your life and find a way to be in it, what is that going to look like? What is that? Where does that leave you? And I think like the question is, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, if we can't have the life of ease that we want, I think we can we can 
cultivate like as much presence in the lives that we have. Mm. Yeah, I think the alternative, the answer to like what what is the alternative is kind of like yeah. I just like everything is becomes more hopeless. Yeah, hopeless, and you're sort of at odds with yourself. I've seen you work that out in some ways, like as you share little bits of your life with us, where you say, "This is my reality, and it's hard." I'm sitting here with IVs, getting uh, infusions, and but I can see this beautiful thing. I don't want to be in this room. <laughs> I don't want to be in this no. chair. I would choose to be somewhere else. But, and it's not pulling yourself up by your bootsteps. I think that's what I'm seeing in your, no. your messaging about courage isn't about a try harder courage. Yeah. Receiving courage, receiving what, what is the gift of what I have while I still say this sucks. I, this is, this is going to sound so cheesy. I have been kind of like laughing at myself about this for people listening. Part of what we're talking about is in August, I started IVIG treatments um, every three weeks for all the new diseases <laughs> that um, getting COVID caused in my immunocompromised mm. body and getting on these immunoglobulin treatments has been really hard. Like I've gone from at first, my recovery was one full week in bed, like not able to like go get my own water mm. <laughs> to fill up my own water bottle to like now it's anywhere from two to four days in bed. Um, but it's about a week recovery every time. And that means by the time that I recover, I get like a, a week and a half to two weeks of feeling okay mm. before it's time to do it again. Three weeks is weird. Like I wish it was every four. There's just something about three weeks that just really disruptive. Um, and I have other treatments that require like recovery too. So a lot of my life this fall has been spent like recovering from treatment and being in bed. And the funny part is, um, well, the not funny part is that I have not loved it. It has been really hard. It's been really depressing, mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, the funny part is that in the moments when I have been struggling, I have for real picked up my own book <laughs> and like the prayers when I haven't had prayers to pray the prayers in my book and the book of common courage I know this sounds cheesy like they've actually held space for me yeah. in bed like so sick that I can barely lift my body up in bed and it's been this really weird experience of being like my my one year ago self is giving myself of today courage yeah to be okay and know like I'm not going to be in bed forever yeah but there's enough grace for me to be here today. So I can be here today and that is enough mm. because God is with me and God sees me and God hears me. And the self of one year ago had enough faith to believe that, to write yeah. words. <laughs> yeah. So the self of today can like kind of draw from that. Um, it's been the weirdest experience to be like my slightly younger self is like strengthening myself today in a way I really need because it's harder today than it was a year ago. Mm. Wow. I'm so sorry. Uh, Thanks. Does it help to hear your younger self say, we've walked through some low places and it isn't always that low. It's like 
my younger self, the one year ago self who wrote the words, is like able to say, hey, I know this is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all we've survived. You're going to survive this too. Yeah. And so there's this like dual witnessing the wrong and the hurt, the harm, and then a welcome of what is today, knowing like this isn't all there is. Um, And that witnessing, like I get, I I talk about in the, I don't think it's in the book of common courage, but in the Lord is my courage, like courage begins by being a compassionate witness to your own stress. Mm -hmm. And so in this book, in the book of common courage, I wrote in the beginning, like, this book is my witness to your weariness. Mm. And I guess it's been just really cool to experience. Like, it's also my witness to my own weariness. (laughs) Yeah. I need, I need, we all, that's the thing. We all need a witness. We need a witness who says like, what's happening to you is really hard. You are seen. And there's something about hearing that you're seen that makes you remember that you're actually held and then you feel safe enough to survive it. Who are your witnesses? I need that. Who are your witnesses? witnesses. Yeah. 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 So I would say in this season, um, there's been a lot with my health and then there's been some pretty hard situations with publishing. Um, Mm. And so two witnesses that are coming to mind, maybe three, my husband, Ryan, who you know really well. Um, Ryan is a witness, a continual witness to the way that I have to just keep showing up mm-hmm. in my story. And he, um, you know, he takes care of me. Like on these weeks when I'm just in bed, he he doesn't complain. He doesn't complain about how hard this is for both of us. Mm-hmm. And that like, this has taken over our life again. Um, And he's really gentle toward me and reminds me, like he, he reminds me of, the truth of what's happening. Like sometimes I get really angry um, because I have to be on high doses of steroids <laughs> to mm-hmm. like deal with the after effects of, of my treatment. And so I get, uh, we like kind of call it roid rage yeah. um, <laughs> where I start to just be so mad about really small things. And then he'll mm-hmm. be like, Hey, Jay, Hey, uh, remember that you're on a lot of steroids? <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Oh, crap. Like, yes, you're right. I'm still that angry, but like maybe in a few days when I'm back to my normal dose, I won't feel so angry. It yeah, just like yeah. gives me that kind of like widens the space of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, not by dismissing how I feel, but just reminding me of like the rest of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll say my agent has been a big witness in this season too, um, of just reminding me that I don't have to do this all perfectly, that it matters. Um, that there's purpose in the work and just like having somebody else bear some of the stress of the things that happen behind the scenes in publishing books. Um, Mm -hmm. that's been huge. Like somebody who also is trying to live this wilderness way and like has lost a lot himself too. Um, so that's Alex. And then I think of my best friend, Mish, um, she's always a consistent witness I got to thank her in this book. Um, my acknowledgements had to be really short because it's a very tight space yeah. book when you're working with like photos and stuff. And I say she's my one of my favorite poems. Like 
She's just a a delightful, quirky, artistic human being. And um, we've lived so much life together that like we there's a lot of grace towards each other's moods and Mm -hmm. like long seasons that are hard or questions that continue to go unanswered. Um, We have a lot of forbearance towards each other. And because we've witnessed so much of each other's stories, like there's just this deep understanding. So mm-hmm. she's a massive witness in my life too. I love that. How this is a hard, this is probably a, a tricky question, or maybe it maybe it isn't. When you are going through these darker seasons, how do you decide what to share in real time and what to keep and just process? yourself and maybe share later after it's baked a little bit and you know marinated yeah. how do you how do you decide that that is such a good question um i don't know that i have like a rubric but i think uh being married to ryan really helps <laughs> me yeah. discern what to share and what not to share because my husband is a much more private person than i am so you'll notice like for anybody, if you want to go look up Ryan, Ryan Ramsey, uh, the way that he writes is less like personal storytelling and more just like reflective, um, making a summary. Sure, of, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. What he's observed in the church and in leadership. And it's beautiful. He has a beautiful mm-hmm. way of writing. Um, but like he his inclination is to keep most of the details of our life private. Whereas I am like a memoirist. So yeah, like, my life is the data of what I use to like paint with words in poetry and prose. And I I think that um I find one thing that is helping me a lot in this season to discern what to write and what not to is just a matter of like energy. Um so I've created some new boundaries for myself over the last really like four months of like when I'm online and when I'm not. So I have four days on and th- three days off in a row and every week um, because I was realizing like I need more space away from the internet <laughs> um, in order to feel rested and just like connected to myself and yeah mm-hmm. quieted in my spirit. And so having fewer days with which I can share things online has just um, further highlighted like how little time there is in a day and made me more willing to withhold things knowing that like, all right, I saw a bunch of clients today and like, I don't have any energy left to write something. I am not one of those content creators who like makes a calendar and writes the words a month in advance, like maybe in 15 years, I will be that person, but I've never been that person. I am not structured. I am not yes. a planner. Uh, I write it like often, you know, the day over the day before. And it's in, in terms of social media sharing, like books, obviously it's a little bit easier to decide what to share. Cause you have like, a lot of time to years think through it. Yeah. Before yeah. somebody's going to read it. And that's yeah. like a whole other process, but in the real time, I think it's helped a lot to just get uh, more attuned to, do I actually have energy to share mm-hmm. right now? And a lot of the times the answer is no. And it has made me um, 
more willing to share like small things that or like reuse old content or like I don't know just allow like caring for myself first um before I care for my readers through sharing something from my life and so sometimes that's gonna look like like repurposing something or sharing something very short rather than telling a whole story from this week but even with the IVIG like I intentionally chose to not share about it um I knew for like five months or four months, three, something in there, like a long amount of time before I started it that I was going to. And then it took a long time to get like insurance approval. And I just intentionally, I knew this is going to be hard because my doctors had prepped me for how my body might react to it. Mm-hmm. And so I decided in that situation, I decided beforehand, like, I'm going to give myself a while to just process this on my own mm-hmm. before I start to share it with readers. Um, like when I found out about the new diseases, I needed I needed a few months before I really put words around the specifics of what was happening. Um, because the grief of feeling like I'm, I'm I turned 34 this month and like I have like seven conditions. It's like what what does a life look like when mm-hmm. you have that much wrong at this age? Like. I needed to hold that grief. It's not what you imagined. It's not, it's not your dream. This is not your dream. It's not my dream. And yeah, like there's some real, um, real implications for maybe like my lifespan, how long mm-hmm. my lifespan is. And um, I needed space to like be able to feel that and grieve that ambiguous, mm-hmm. like, death feels more real to me. I'm not saying I have like a, a death sentence yeah. or anything like that, yeah. but like my, I'm very aware of how fragile my life is and I needed I, to process that privately. Yeah. I think there's some things kind of special too, that happens when you aren't sharing things. Like, I mean, there's wonderful connection that happens in being vulnerable and sharing, but there's also that time with you and God, when you're like, it's just us and really close friends talking through and you just don't feel released for one reason or another to share something. Uh, It opens your eyes in a different way, helps you pay attention in a different way. And Mm -hmm. I've seen God move in a way that I can't say that I did anything at all because I had to be silent. I was listening this morning, re-listening to an episode of Odd Being with Padre Gotuma and Mary Nelson. Um, two poets and Mary at one point in this podcast said prayer she thinks prayer is as much about listening as it is about talking and I I think that that's really apt here that like if we prematurely share all the time we're gonna form words in the space of the silence in which God is trying to speak to us mm-hmm. And I want to cultivate enough space in my life where I can hear God speak. Even if that speech is silence, it's the silent, like with Psalm 23, lay your staff across my shoulders. Um, Like the silent reminder that God is with me today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just the, the longer that I do this work of writing, the more that I see my great need to create the space to keep listening um and yeah i saw i I met a reader recently 
um, who was like, how do you, how do you like not get overwhelmed by writing about trauma so much? Like That's on my list. Thank you, friend, for asking. <laughs> is that, there you go. How do you not, there we go. That's awesome. Um, like, how do you write about religious trauma so much and not be overwhelmed by that? Mm-hmm. And I, I think what I realized is people probably don't realize that when I'm writing, when I'm sharing something, um, not necessarily just what's in my books, but like, if you see me write my Substack or on Instagram, it's not always, it's most of the time, not always real time things. I'm thinking about where people are now and where I was. Yeah. Um, It's sometimes real time moments of like, I'm sitting in the infusion chair and this is this is really hard and I'm like learning how to bless this broken body, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, but I'm often like trying to speak to the self of five years ago yeah, or like where I know someone is today and what I wish someone had said to me when I was there too. Yeah. Um, so it's not overwhelming in that it's about communion it's about this courage we hold in common of like a reaching back reaching across that that space where we feel separated from hope um i'm trying to keep seeing the people who are in that spot that feel alone and for me that's not overwhelming that's like that's an act of of um of hope and kindness to be like you are seen and there's room for you um so something about that like it doesn't feel i think if it was like i was real-time processing Mm -hmm. all of this hurt uh i would probably feel flooded all the time but the other thing that i told this reader was like the things that i write about i take seriously (laughs) like i am actively practicing regulation all the time in my nervous system like today after our conversation I have a very hard conversation ahead of me, a meeting ahead of me that, that has had me in knots. And so I did yoga this morning. Like I did a practice that was focused on like feeling rooted and grounded mm-hmm. in my lower body um, just to like carry into this conversation and the one after it, a physical sense of peace. I I take integrity seriously. And Mm -hmm. if I'm going to write about how we can live in an embodied faith and like experience peace in our physical bodies, uh, experience nervous system regulation. Yeah. I'm doing it. Like (laughs) I'm trying to actually live out what I share with people. And so I don't feel overwhelmed all the time because I'm, when I do feel the pain of my life and end of your stories i'm taking that back into conversation with god and in movement with my own body and processing it Mm -hmm. and uh i just think i have it just means i have a really high responsibility to process a whole lot yeah Um, yeah (laughs) so i'm always doing stuff yeah i'm so thankful we've been able to chat when does your book come out where can we find it it comes out the book of common courage comes out january 17th it's available to pre-order right now and you can get it at bookofcommoncourage.com 
or like look up my name and it's yes, everywhere. But it's very exciting. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing wait. your time. I cannot wait to see these beautiful pictures. I can't wait for you to have it, it in particular. I can't. It's, it's going to be great. So, I want to close out this show with these words from KJ's new book, When It Is Hard to Pray and Hard to Hope. We do not have to try harder to pray ourselves from fear to faith. We can enter the rhythm of others' prayers. We can let a form of prayer hold us as we journey back to strength. You can read those words and the rest of KJ's book, The Book of Common Courage, Prayers and Poems to Find Strength in Small Moments, wherever books are sold. I love KJ's words about needing a witness and a withness during times when you need courage. One thing I wanted to lean into this year was to provide more avenues for this sort of thing, for community. And that's one reason why I decided to do a monthly Zoom meetup book club through my Patreon community. I would really love for you to join us. You can sign up at patreon.com slash untangledfaith, and I'll leave a link in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, you can find the show notes in the app where you play this podcast, but sometimes those links can get a little jumbled along the way. If that's the case, you can always find show notes by going to untangledfaithpodcast.com and clicking on episodes. If you're on social media, I would love to keep this conversation going over on Twitter or Instagram or through the Facebook page. I'm Untangled Faith on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm Faith Untangled on Twitter. Today's episode is also a great one to discuss with a friend. So forward this episode to your bestie, tell them they need to listen because you want to talk about it. The Untangled Faith podcast is hosted and edited by me, Amy Fritz. This podcast is made possible by the support of my Patreon community. A special thanks to producers Michelle Pianic, Phil and Susan Perdue, Pam Forsyth, and Shelley Taylor. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week.